0: Two of the most well known names in international cricket were in the news this week. At one end, it's a mercurial former captain getting used to contributing to the team outside of his leadership abilities. At the other end, it's a number three batter who's been scoring hundreds for fun. But enough about Steven Smith and Cheteshwar Pujara. Welcome to ESPN Cricket Post Stump Mike. I'm your host, Kaustub, and joining me to discuss everything from the Kohli Gambit spat to the KL Rahul injury and everything in between that has taken place in the IPL. I have Vishal Deekshit, Assistant Editor at ESPN Cricinfo, And I have someone who is the answer to the question, which former player not named A.B. De Villiers has caused the most heartbreak for RCB fans? It's the 2016 IPL title-winning coach and World Cup winner Tom Moody with us. So, Good to be here. So, uh, before we get started, uh, our esteemed guest, apart from winning multiple World Cups and bagging the IPL title, also holds the world record for haggis hurling. Is that true?
1: It's, well unofficially true yes it hadn't sort of registered in the guinness book of records because there wasn't an official from the guinness book of records there but it was thrown and it was measured and it did break the record
2: but what exactly is the haggis because i had to google it up this morning when i came to know about it it's um it's sheep's intestines
1: isn't it wow you know it's the office of a sheep yeah 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 and it's sort of uh Wrapped in the skin of the stomach of the sheep and it's like shaped like a bulb shape. Um, I can't give you the exact weight but it's, a, it's an unpleasant eat, put it that way. That's why you haul it away. So I threw it as far as I could.
0: <laughs> so when I, before I came uh, here I was just looking up uh, everything i have done on Wikipedia and uh, like this is how Wikipedia describes you. Uh, he has appeared in three World Cups uh, along with two finals in 1987 and 1999. Uh, alongside Steve Waugh, he's the uh, first of two Australians to have won two World Cup tournaments. He found even more success when he threw a haggis of a distance of 230 feet in 1989.
2: Even more success is Yeah, what that's he what it says. Mm. I just have
0: one question there. Also, uh, when I opened the citation, it said that you were wearing a kilt. Is that true?
1: That's 100% true. Uh, that particular event that we went to in Scotland, we played, it was 89 Ashes Tour. Um, we played uh, Scotland in a game in between test matches um, and we had a, an event at uh, a, a big sort of castle estate and so they had all the world records all marked out uh, but there was three of us that had to wear the kilt. Um, myself, David Boone and Carl Rackham were three that were nominated as the, uh, the bearers of the kilt Sunday. I'd want to see a picture of David Boone in a kilt. Yeah, well, the kilt actually was down to his ankles. Where for <laughs> Carl Rackham and I, being both six foot six, it was sort of a comfortable fit.
0: I'm just guessing, if, I'm wondering if you have taken more wickets if you bowled with a kilt. It's just 230 feet, which is like an incredible record. The official record according to Guinness is like around 130 feet, apparently. So
1: Yeah, I'm not sure what the original one was, but when <laughs> I threw it, and you've, you've actually got to throw it on top of a barrel. So a half-cut barrel, you need to stand on the barrel and throw it from the barrel but remain on the barrel. If you fall off the barrel, it's a no-throw. And it's a bit like a javelin or a discus throw, as you'd see in the Olympics, where you've got to throw it within a, a certain region, you know. Uh, so it's, it's cornered off like that. And I threw it, and I just managed to get hold of this particular throw, and uh, it landed in the car park and bounced in the car park and smashed into the side of a car but the the locals were so excited they weren't concerned about the side of a of an Audi that was dented they were more <laughs> concerned about marking exactly where it, where it landed so they could get the t- get the tape measure out but the, the 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 side story to it was the late great Dean Jones actually said to me prior to this event because we all went around to the different you know, events that you have at the, uh, at the Highland Games, um, this being one of them, the haggis throw, he said to me, oh, you'll go close to the world record moods. And I sort of laughed at Dino because Dino could throw as well. He had a decent arm and he must have thrown it and landed, you know, 10 feet or 15 feet short of it. But it was one of those things, a bit like a gridiron um, ball where you have to get the perfect spiral to get the distance if it's going if the if the haggis itself is sort of toppling over itself, you're not getting the distance, so you have to actually get that perfect sort of tom Brady spin yeah. on it to oh get to get the distance and I just got lucky and i got you know I got the perfect uh, spin on the on the haggis and uh, and had enough effort behind it
0: I'm I'm just like thinking like how much this sort of contributed to your career afterwards right because I, I, I'm, I'm on your Wikipedia page, this pops up first then come the World Cup wins, and then comes the fastest 50, which you held the record at that time against Bangladesh at the World Cup. So, like, a Proud
1: moment. It's a very proud <laughs> moment. I didn't even know. I haven't even read my Wikipedia. There you go. <laughs> what you is know. Wikipedia?
0: <laughs> so uh, to get things started right, Like uh, I felt the IPL was getting a bit too friendly over the last like couple of years or even the last couple of weeks. Uh, every post-match montage is shots of carefully curated uh, images of Jerseys being shared, or we were due like a spat coming out at some point. Like, I'm not. I'm not saying that it's good, or I'm not saying that we should celebrate these things. But I felt that we were due one spat out of this. Like, would you agree with that? Uh,
1: well, to be honest with you, I don't agree with you because I just don't think there's a place for it. Uh, simple as that. Um, you know, I've been privileged enough to be involved in a lot of those after-match uh, sort of handshakes with opposition teams and to me it's the line of who you're shaking hands to gets longer every year it's nearly like you're shaking the whole crowd so you're going through 30,000 people that's what it feels like it goes forever you know after after the playing squad which is normally about 24 you then go to support staff which is a minimum of 10 so that's 34 then somehow you've got couple of security guys manage to, to wriggle in there and uh, management, you know, gets in there. It's it's it, it's it gets ridiculous. But anyway, that aside, and just to give you a little bit of background, in those situations, you're always going to have those Dhoni, you know, moments where he's talking to a lot of youngsters because the younger players that are playing against MS Dhoni or Virak Kohli or whoever it might be, you, you know, Rohit Sharmas or you know, any sort of iconic player, they will naturally want to just gravitate towards them very, very anxiously because they're sort of unsure whether it's okay to go and, you know, have a word and ask for some advice. But it happens organically. And I think that's one of the great things about the IPL is that that there is unbelievable learnings that are unfolding um, right in front of us, whether it be post-match or during match or at trainings, I, I just watched uh, the game the other day, where the camera just shot uh, into the dugout of Rajasthan Rawls and Jaswal was sitting there next to one of the great modern-day batsmen in Joe Root, and they were conversing, and they wouldn't have been conversing around, you know, what movie did you watch last night, or you know, what's your favourite Netflix, you know, series? It would have been about batting. And that that is such a valuable um, and powerful cricketing experience for for anyone. Those after uh, after uh, match conversations and what have you, I think is is a very healthy thing for the game and healthy thing for um, you know for people to, to 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 watch and and
2: admire. It had been a while though since we last saw two such big players coming face to face and. It looked like they would come to blows at one point of time. When was the last time it happened? Was it the Pollard-Stark thing? I, or? I,
0: the only other thing I can recollect is the Pollard-Stark thing. And it was on the field though. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where it belongs. Not, oh, e- right.
2: e- even that behaviour,
1: to that extent, doesn't belong on the field. And that's where the match referee and the umpires will you know, do their thing with regards to you know, suspensions or fines or whatever it might be. But this is game's over. One team's won and one team's lost. So why should, when the game's over, why should cricket lose? Because that's what happened in that situation. Cricket lost. It's all well and good. We don't have to love each other. We've all got differences of personalities and characters and we all have different you know, histories. That you know, I remember what you did when you dropped me out of the side and you can have a grudge and all those things. That's human nature but to take it to the level to escalate it to the level that uh that we experienced uh, i just felt was um w- was not in the spirit of of uh forget the ipl but just the spirit of the game spirit of cricket and and sport in general
0: uh reminding me of the it's the old australian adage like right play hard but play fair right like on the field you do yeah i'm to is done but outside of it it's like it, it's fine. Yeah, and, and I, let
1: and let the let hmm. the umpires mediate it. You know, if someone's going too hard on the field, there is a line on the field. If 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 someone's going too hard, you step in and, put, and 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 pull them up. And and a lot of this aggro was fueled on the field with a, with, with a, you know some body language and some actions and some verbals that we we won't know what they uh, were because we weren't in the middle of the ground or we don't have access to the stump mic. But you know, a lot of it was bubbling up. Because we saw Carl Mayers get involved in it, yeah, and you know he he got a, a right send off, which you know you just wonder where that's come from. You know why has he suddenly got caught in the traffic?
0: You have been in multiple dressing rooms, both as a player and as a coach, right? Like they are professional players at the end of the day. Like, do you have a word with them? Do you or do you just let it be? And you know everyone knows where the line is at some point. Would you tell Kohli not to do this, or does Kohli already know what's happening? They are, they are smart players, like. Coley, Gumby. And experienced. Yeah. And they're very experienced. They know exactly what they're doing. They know how they're playing up to camera. Is it something you talk them down to? Or do you think if something like this were to take place in a lesson room, you would know to like, leave them alone?
1: Yeah, it's an interesting one. I, I don't really th- think it's the coach's role to be uh, stepping into something that's, I think, gone beyond the actual cricketing field. This is clearly something that's been bubbling away outside for a long time. I, I think it's more of the administration of the game needs to step in and have that conversation you're referring to. Not not an overseas coach or a local coach. It's the BCCI sort of m- m- maybe looking at Considering, you know, sitting them both down with with an appropriate mediator or someone just to say, right, okay, well, let's just let's just have it out. Let's have a discussion around this because it's not healthy for the game. It's not, you know, it's not a great not a great look. And you know, we're not asking you to be best
2: of friends, but we're just asking for you know, mutual respect. Having seen uh, both of them since, or whatever number of years, they had come face to face in 2013 as well and it's strange though because they come from the same part of the country and uh, they might have played together in domestic cricket so obviously there's a lot of history and I hope it's been resolved like he's saying BCCI should get them together and just and I think Ravi Shastri also said on our video that they should just nip it in the bud yeah who knows if I, I they're s- playing in I, the playoffs together I mean against each other
1: let's hope so yeah, I suggested Ravi should be the mediator <laughs> <laughs>
0: Somehow it's n- never Australia that's in the news when it comes to tests over the last couple of uh, weeks, right? Given that, like, not much of the tes- test side is playing the IPL, but uh, we have, like, another injury coming in. KL Rahul being injured and now ruled out of the World Test Championship. the same match, in fact. The match had so many talking points, right? KL <laughs> Rahul coming into bat randomly at number nine despite being injured. We don't know who to send anymore. We have run out of players.
2: It's been a season of comebacks, isn't it? Piyush Chavla, Amit Mishra. Rahane has come back in the test squad, so I think for the wtc final because of the severe lack of options now and you also need a backup wicketkeeper kl rahul was the backup wicketkeeper for uh, ks bharat i think india should go back to prithiman saha we had all these news about uh, news reports about the coach rahul dravid telling him last year at some point that your career is done and all that but i think it's time to go back to saha where
0: where does india go from here given we had like just 2 years ago we had incredible incredible bench strength in terms of people coming in and being able to perform and now we're somehow struggling to put together... I don't
1: think you're struggling for backups. I think if any country's got backups, it's India. Uh, in any position, it doesn't matter what it is. Just the wealth of talent here and the depth of people playing the game and the infrastructure here is bigger, better than you know the, the anyone could wish for. I'd agree that I, I even though um, Ishan Kishan was in the, the, the reserve-keeping role in the Australian series recently, um, I would be very tempted to go to Sahara as well, purely because this is a one-off selection. And this is, an impo- this is a final, effectively. And I would be, before I'd be making that decision, I'd be sitting Ishan Kishan down and explaining why to, we're making this decision. And to me, it's based on a pretty clear things from my perspective, the way I look at it from an outsider looking in. Saha is by far the superior keeper. Saha brings, you know, 15 years of experience, a wealth of international experience. You in know, in a final, uh, whether he's on the, play, on the playing field or off the playing field, I think that's a valuable asset to have. I think in England at that time of year, when the uh, final is going to be played, or this Test Championship is going to be played, we're going to see the Duke ball behave um, not in favour of, you know, the batsman. I think it's going to be bowler-friendly. I think Ishan Kishan with a duke ball in those conditions is vulnerable. I think uh, the difference between t- the, uh, Saha and Ishan Kishan as a batting option at number seven or number eight, there won't be a big difference in what the output would be because of that. So for the one-off option, I'd rather have the experience, the better keeper, and make it very clear to Saha that this is you know, this is what it is it is a you know one off we need your uh, depth of experience and these are the reasons why and to ishan kishan the same explanation and once the final is uh, completed and from an india's perspective they win it and they are successful and they then make the transition and say you know a, a, a generous farewell to sahara and you move to the next chapter
2: if you had to sit down with uh, ishan kishan and had and to have that kind of a conversation and you've seen that He wasn't as fluent against the swinging ball in the IPL itself, Mm. although that was against the new ball which he would not do in tests. What would you say to him in terms of uh, bringing up his game up to that level to be ready for the test uh, format? I I don't think you'd have to say a lot because I think he'd know himself,
1: having been found wanting a few times with a moving ball even in T20 cricket. Um, And this is in an IPL where we've had well over 20 Scores over two hundred, um, so it's not like it's a, an IPL where the ball's been dancing around and it's been hard work for the top order. You know, I'd be talking to him, and this I'd imagine it wouldn't have been the first time this conversation would have taken place. It, it'd be a it, it'd be a continued dialogue with him around how his game needs to evolve from white ball cricket into red ball cric- cricket there's two ways of playing in in white ball cricket you need to have a certain technique which allows you to have power to your game and freedom to be able to access both sides of the wicket um, and take on power play overs which is his role and in test cricket your lens becomes a lot narrower with regards to your uh, technique and what your scoring options uh, you know potentially are particularly when you're facing people like uh, you know, in England, uh, an Anderson or abroad or in this uh, Test Championship uh, clash, you know, Pat Cummins and Hazelwood, you know, you, you can't be looking 360. You know, you are, you know, you're you're looking down a narrow lens to, to really, you know, I suppose, win the contest against them and whenever they do fall into your areas of scoring, you pounce on it. Uh, so, you know, it's a technical conversation around how to transition from that r- red to white ball, white
0: ball to red ball. Considering it's just one match, can it be a completely left-of-field pick and do we even need like a substitute wicketkeeper? I, I would say take Mayank Agarwal for one thing, considering that he was supposed to be our opener in England in 2021 20, before he got hit in the head by Siraj bouncing in the nets and then KL Rahul came in, ended up getting a 100 so he could not be dropped. Take Mayank Agarwal, as it is, it's a backup.
1: Uh, if there's any place that you need a specialist keeper, it's England because the way the ball behaves over there is a lot different than it does in any other place in the world. We've seen a lot of people struggle when they go to England because the ball wobbles. Uh, whether it's to do with the atmosphere, whether it's to do with the juke ball, which I think it has got to do with the juke ball, and a lot of people are probably thinking, well, what's the difference between a juke ball and a kookaburra ball or a grace ball or whatever ball? Well, the juke ball generally is, has got a prouder seam so it's got a slightly bigger seam, harder seam. I, I don't have a master's degree in physics, but for some reason after it pitches and, and, uh, and carries through to the keeper, it can have a mind of its own and it can wobble. And I think if you talk to people like Saha or any keeper of, of any substance that is, has that is kept it in England more than once or even just once, they will say that it's a nightmare to keep there because you know, it might be a pure let go from the batsman and once it's let go, it doesn't follow a natural path to your gloves, it's it's a, it's like a snake. You don't know which way it's turning.
2: We saw uh, that when Rishabh Pant made his test debut, actually in England, seems like a long time ago now. In and 2018. Yeah, yeah. And even when balls were going down the leg side, which were easy leaves for the batsmen in that format, the balls would swing further down the leg side and they would go for buys much more so. Mm.
0: You said you don't have a degree in physics, but you did throw uh, a haggis over 230 feet, so I will take your word for it. (laughs) So, uh, moving into the IPL now, uh, it's been a week where uh, we had uh, more or less most of the results uh, seemed fair. The better team did win, except for two matches which were just bizarre, right? Uh, The first one being uh, Delhi versus Gujarat. Uh, where uh, the only talking point for me there is, I think Ishan Sharma bowled, to quote uh, Mark Howard, when he described uh, Mitchell Maas hitting that shot, like the shot of the tournament. He called that in the World Cup when Mitchell Maas hit one lofted uh, cover drive. So I think Ishan Sharma bowled the ball of the tournament for me, like that knuckle ball that went straight through. Is that the ball of the tournament for you?
1: It's right up there. Uh, I like the story behind it too, because, you know, it's, it's wonderful to see Ishan Sharma uh, playing and playing so well, but not only that, him bowling that knuckle ball. Even the thought of it five years ago, you'd think, you know, you'd be told that you're crazy that Ishan Sharma is going to bowl such a magical delivery. Um, but it it just shows you how he's evolved and he's continued to evolve as a bowler and as a professional over time, even though he's at the twilight of his career. And I've had the privilege of working with Ishant Sharma uh, at Sunrises Hyderabad a number of years ago, and I've seen that firsthand. You know, he's very methodical with the way he prepares. He's very thorough, uh, and he's constantly wanting to improve. So there's a real purpose to every training session he has. Putting my coach's hat on, it just puts a smile on my face to see someone that has got that approach, that right at the twilight of his career, he's managed to produce such a delivery and uh it to even be talked about as i know we haven't we're not anywhere near the end of the tournament but talked about as potentially the ball of the tournament
2: at least the delhi gujarat titans was uh, match was really bizarre because the number 1 and number number 10 team were playing uh, obviously gujarat were the favorites and then the story became more dramatic because of how delhi came back and won but sunrisers and kolkata like how the number 2 and 3 teams play and it's very competitive. This one was at the other extreme. And Sunrisers were just the favourites at that time. I think they needed 38 of 30. Aidan Markham was right. batting. Cruising. They were cruising, I- exactly. Mm. And how they lost it, credit of course to Varun Chakravarti for bowling a great last over. But the fact that it went to the last over, they kept losing wickets and it eventually came down to Bhuvneshwar Kumar.
0: Like Expecting Bhuvneshwar was- Kumar to get a 6 is... Like, to save the game, is I I don't know (laughs) what to make of all that. Did you not train him enough to hit sixes? He's too
1: busy bowling or resting. (laughs) Um, That game was a hard watch. It really was a hard watch. You know, it's two teams that are fighting to find some sort of form internally, some sort of consistency internally, some sort of structure to the way they want to play, the strategy to how they want to sort of play come up against each other. It just was messy. Uh, the outcome was messy. And we saw it, uh, we saw it unfold uh, right in front of us. And you quite rightly say, sun, Sunrise has had that in the bag. Yeah, It's funny when you're in a, a situation where you have negative momentum, you find a way to lose. And then you have the opposite to that, where you have some teams, and Chennai is a great example of that, over the years have won from positions you think, how have they won that and that's because they have a completely different environment they have a settled environment they have you know what I would call uh, you know a high performance environment where you've got structures in place you've got role clarity you've got very little change you've got trust you've got respect you've got all those really important things in a in a team and within a franchise that allows you to Win the unwinnable. When you have on the other end of the spectrum, you, you you don't have those things going your way, you find a way to lose. And as they say, winning's a habit, but so is losing.
2: Are you trying to say Sunrisers don't have all these things now that you've left them? No, no, not at all. So <laughs> I'm, I'm, just,
1: I, I'm just kidding. No, I'm not <laughs> saying that at all. It's got nothing to do with me. Um, you know, there's a number of teams uh within the IPO and in sport in general, you can draw examples to that. I'm not sort of, you know, pointing fingers at any particular uh, any particular thing, but that's the reality of uh the situation.
0: So we had this discussion when Delhi were in free fall, right? They had five consecutive losses and they just needed one win to turn it around. Sunrisers have all the pieces, it's not even like Delhi where like they're struggling with the loss of a star player and they are not able to figure out what they live in. Sunrises are more or less there. Like, are they also just take a win or a win or two away from push- putting all this behind them?
1: Put it this way. I wouldn't want to play against Sunrisers at the moment or at any time, really. Uh, that's what I felt at the start of the tournament, because on paper, they looked good. Um, but on paper remains on paper, uh, you know, you never play it off paper. <laughs> if I was a team that was still yet to play Sunrisers or Delhi Capitals, I'd be concerned. Purely because the, the potential and the abilities there to to actually ruin your party or your your quest to find yourself in that top four and in some cases fall into the top two, which is the dream spot. It'll be it's going to be intriguing to see also when you have a team like that that is also spiralling with losses. You know how many more changes can happen and how that continues to disrupt. Their campaign, or are they going to hold firm on a on a set formula? In Sunrise's case, are they going to hold firm that yes, Abhishek Sharma is our opener, yes, Agarwal is our opener? That's what we bought him for in the auction. That's why we felt he was a valued pick, and most people thought that was one of the best picks in the auction out of the out of the Indian players that are available. It was a no-brainer. An international create the environment, create the opportunity, he will come good. Or are they going to spin the wheel again, and we'll see? someone else open the batting and someone else fall in the middle order or whatever it might be. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting because there's a lot of moving pieces, you know, not only within that Sunrises environment, but with Delhi Capitals and with KKR. There's a lot of moving pieces in their batting orders, in their playing 11s. And you only have to look at the teams at the top and look at the amount of changes that are made to the playing 11 throughout the season. I think you'll find that all those teams at the top have less changes than the ones down the bottom half. And you you have forced changes, obviously, because of injury. It's any illness, like we've, you know, a couple of players have missed games because they were sick. Like Mitch Marsh, I think, last game for Delhi Capitals, missed, missed a game because they're sick. Uh, Tilek Verma, you know, against... Mark, a, Mark
2: Wood was sick at it.
1: Sick, so, you know, they're tummy bugs or whatever it might be. Um, you can, that's uncontrollable. But, you, you know, the other selection changes, is, is it controllable?
2: Do you think it ever happens or have you seen it happen in opposition teams also that when some of the top performing teams in a league take on some of the teams at the bottom, they kind of take it easy even if it's in a phase of a match no chance. get their lot done. No? No chance.
1: There's the perception that that might happen and that you might look at it and think, gosh that's a terrible phase of play, you know, why is Gujarat Titans batted so poorly there or fielded so poorly? Got absolutely nothing to do with that that's just that's just the nature of uh, of the game that you, you you can you know have a little spell where you lose a bundle of wickets through poor decision making but it's not because you've dropped the ball so to speak and just got a little bit complacent you know, in a tournament like the IPL where you've got 10 teams and the importance of every single game is Far too valuable to be, you know, thinking that, oh, we can just take our foot off the gas here and 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 just cruise here. Because the game has got a nasty way of smacking you in the face when you do disrespect it. That's collectively as a team, but also as an individual. If you think, oh, I've got this cracked, you know, I've got plenty of runs, I'm scoring them nicely, I, I won't worry about having you hit today, coach, or, you know, I won't stick to my routine, or... You know, I'll have a couple late nights and yeah, it'll be okay, I'm fine. I've sort of, you know, I've got up to five hundred runs already, I'm cruising here, it's just a matter of walking out there and doing it again. The game has got that way of coming back and biting you.
0: I think like that's a good note to end it on. We used to think the bottom three teams are delegated in a way and we're not thinking that anymore out of this. Nobody wants to face them now given that like they're just like one win away to just upset the entire party out the top, right?
2: There's already a big traffic jam in the middle of the table. And yeah. A couple of wins here and there can... Mm. I liken it to Mumbai traffic.
0: <laughs> Not Bangalore traffic.
2: Very, right. very, very
1: hectic. <laughs> we'll take you to Bangalore next time. Don't worry, I've been <laughs> to Bangalore a few times. <laughs> Probably more times than you.
0: <laughs> so like with that, thank you, Tom, for joining Pleasure. us. Pleasure. Thank you, Vishal, for joining us. And um, we'll see you next week on another episode of ESPN Clicking First stamp Mike. Thank you.